Hey ladies, are you someone who is afraid to leave the house because you're not sure where the bathroom is going to be located and if you'll make it in time or you're out in public and you are doing an exercise routine, you're coughing or sneezing and you're concerned about leaking. We treat this all the time and that's why we want to help more of you understand and realize the solutions to actually take control of your bladder instead of it taking control of you. And we are doing an online event with our expert panel on March 25th. It's a Thursday evening at 7 p.m. And we want you to know there is help beyond doing Kegels or any of the medications or surgery that your doctor recommended. So we offer a private setting online with no judgment. And we only allow 20 women into this event and allow them to register. So don't miss a spot. To register with us, go to level4pt.com backslash events for the Take Control of Your Bladder instead of it taking control of you, our online event coming up soon. Welcome, ladies, to the Women's Health Happy Hour podcast. My name is Dr. Dawn Andalone. I am a women's health physical therapist, author, educator, and co-owner of Level 4 PT and Wellness. And this podcast is informative, but lighthearted. And we discuss all things women's health in order for you to lead an active and vibrant lifestyle. So cheers, and let's get started. Hi ladies, we are cozying it up in our office here. We have actually a space heater on. (laughs) This is not normal for San Diego. We're sitting here in the chilly weather, it's raining outside, and Dr. Emma and I are in the office, and we're going to say cheers. We both have a cup of tea here. We're cheating. This is <laughs> this is our happy hour, <laughs> but I wouldn't have it any other way because I love hanging out with the ladies here. So Dr. Emma, tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your background. And if you did not get a chance to go back and listen to the prolapse episode that we did on this podcast at the end of last year, go back and listen to it because she's on that one as well, sharing her knowledge. So welcome Dr. Emma to the podcast. Thanks Dr. Don. You know, I love being here as well and enjoying my tea on this blustery San Diego day. So I am a women's health physical therapist here at level four. I do have a certification through the American Physical Therapy Association Association in pelvic floor physical therapy. And I have been practicing physical therapy now for getting close to six years and doing pelvic floor slash women's health for the last three. So I just love being here and helping women head to toe and everything in between. And that's just my greatest passion in life. So I love talking about the bladder and everything about pelvic floor. So I'm so excited with what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And we are doing the second round. This episode was so popular when we were talking about bladder control issues because a lot of people deal with this. And at some point in your life, you may be a woman struggling with bladder control issues, whether that is urge incontinence, stress incontinence. They're called different things based on what your symptoms are. But if you are talking to your doctor and they ask you about your bowel or bladder habits 
and you think something might be a little off because it's really starting to now interrupt your day, or you get in the car and you always have to think about where the nearest bathroom is and mapping out and planning out your day, that's when it's really starting to impact your life and it's not normal. It's very common, but not normal. And a lot of doctors will recommend either some sort of gadget to use, do your Kegel exercises, or take this medication, or maybe you need a surgery for prolapse or um, a bladder sling or different interventions that they might recommend. But if you have not heard of these myths that we're going to talk about and the truths, then we're just going to share the real expert information from pelvic floor physical therapists that we are, because these are things that women in our office, if we're teaching them and they're coming to us for bladder problems, they're like, how come nobody told me this? I didn't even know this was a thing. Well, we want to share that and we want you to learn from it. So we're going to talk about our myths today, what people think is normal, but it is not normal. And we're going to explain why. So what do we have as the first one? So myth number one, if you pee, doesn't matter how you do it. So that is a myth. It does matter how you pee. First of all, if you listened back at the previous bladder episode podcast, you should already know that you have to sit that bum on the toilet. You cannot hover over the toilet. You mean in a, a porta potty? Okay, that's my one <laughs> exception. My one exception. I hover at that one. <laughs> I do hover there, and it's especially bad if you wear a romper to a concert. I'm speaking from personal <laughs> experience. So, yes, it does matter how you pee. The other aspect of that is that we as women, we're so busy. We're always trying to move from one thing to the other as fast as possible. Maybe you have kids like you know, barreling down your door, you shouldn't actually be forcing your pee to come out faster than the rate at which it's just naturally coming out. A lot of women don't think that it's a big deal, but if you spend years pushing out your pee, you could end up with some issues with bladder emptying or um, some issues with prolapse of your urethra or bladder itself. So it absolutely matters how you pee. Please, ladies, sit on the toilet, relax, Take your time. Don't push it out and just try to force everything too fast. You just got that's your 15 seconds, 20 seconds of relaxation. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, a lot of women are surprised by that, or they don't even think they do it until we tell them to pay attention. And they're like, oh my gosh, I am pushing. Or if you have a child and you are in with them and they're going to the bathroom and they're starting to push when they're peeing, just know that. That's not a good habit. Just tell them to relax and take deep breaths and they can actually do it correctly. What is the next myth we're going to talk about here? So the next myth, which I hear a lot, is that the bladder sweats and that wetness that you feel on your underwear when you're working out is just sweat from your bladder. Well, I'm here to tell you, ladies, I'm so sorry, but that is a myth. Your bladder itself does not sweat. You are either sweating kind of around your groin area. You do have sweat glands there, um, and that might be weight making your underwear wet, or you might be leaking during your activities and kind of just brushing it off as sweat. But what we teach you in our sessions is the difference. You, you actually start to notice a difference between 
when the leaking happens. Sometimes you're very unaware of that area and you may not even know that a little drop or two is coming out. So sometimes women don't really know, well, is it, is it sweat from my groin? Is it, um, you know, leakage? Am I leaking urine? Or sometimes it can even be like cervical fluid or if you're ovulating, you get some of that on your underwear. And my best advice would be to really know if you're leaking. If, if you notice your underwear is wet after you've been kind of walking around or doing some exercise, if it has a little tint to it, like a yellowish tint, it's most likely urine sweat. So sweat, I'm sorry, urine sweat, urine leakage. Sweat does not have a yellowish tint. So everyone check your underwear after you exercise and we'll see what, what you think from that. Or if you're wearing a pad to exercise because a lot of people will do that as well and they're like, I can't tell if it's urine or if it's just, you know, vaginal fluid or what it is. So we do have different ways to test for that. Um, We won't get too much in depth with that, but I love what she taught on that because it can be, that can be leakage. So myth number three we're going to get into is everyone needs to pee when water is running. And our office is very (laughs) much not set up for this because we have a huge waterfall when you walk into the courtyard of our office. So women that have bladder issues, um, that constantly is a trigger for a lot of women. Um, So talk a little bit on that, Dr. Emma. What do you tell people when they mentioned that every time they hear running water, they have to pee. Yeah. So a lot of people think this is normal. Um, and it's, it's normal, you know, maybe if your bladder is full and you're doing the dishes and you've been kind of ignoring your bladder for a while that, okay, that's a reminder I need to, to use the bathroom. But if you hear the water turn on and every single time, even if you just peed and you go to wash your hands and it gives you that sensation again, or something as innocuous as like someone filling up their water cup, if you're noticing that gives you a little urge, that is not normal. It's your brain and being taken over by your bladder. Your bladder has gotten used to that sound of the running water to kind of facilitate or precede you you going to the bathroom. So it starts to make the process happen for you to get the urge to go. So it's trying to trick you almost so that you go to the bathroom too soon, even if you maybe had only gone 30 minutes ago and your bladder even have time to fill. Another um, common trigger, what we call triggers to urgency and the need to pee that women give us is also called key in the door. They'll be going up to their house, everything's fine. Maybe they had just peed and then they go and they put their key in the door and then suddenly whoosh, they have like a terrible (laughs) urge to pee and they're like fumbling with their key and they're like doing the potty dance and they're like, but that's normal, right? Like everyone does that. No, your your bladder has taken control of your brain to think every time I come into the house, it's already like expecting that you're going to go pee. So it just starts starts that process too soon. So that is not normal. That is a myth. Key in door syndrome. <laughs> yes. It's literally called key in the door. <laughs> I love this next one because you hear this if you go on a family trip or you go on a trip with friends and that one person is always like, I have a small bladder. I'm going to have to stop to go to the bathroom always. So you have to pull over for that person because they use the excuse they have a small bladder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do we actually have small bladders? <laughs> so, of course, anatomically, everyone is different. But as a general rule, the adult woman or the adult male holds roughly the same amount of urine. And the small bladder is really just more like um, their their bladder. They've just over the t- over the years, years and years, they've just every time an urge happened to go pee, they just went right away. Or maybe they were peeing even before there was an urge to go to the bathroom. And now at the slightest filling of the bladder, the brain tells you, oh, time to pee like you always do. So the way that we start to actually work on this quote unquote small bladder is by training you something called bladder training, where you kind of take inventory of how much water you drink and maybe how long it's been since you last urinated. And if it's been under about an hour and a half, two hours, and you're art and you haven't really had much water and you're already getting the urge to go, wait until the next time you get the urge to pee if you can. And then you'll notice slowly but surely you're starting to improve the time between that you should void. Because if you listen to the first podcast, it's normal to go every three to four hours. We don't want you to sit around holding your pee forever. But if you're peeing every hour and you have a quote unquote small bladder, you kind of have to train out of that. (laughs) Wow. We hear these all the time. So this is really going to be eye-opening to somebody who has not really been taught these things. So I just love to teach on this. You do such a good job explaining. So number five, the moment I feel the need, I need to go. So do you actually have to, every time you get that urge, do you actually have to run to the bathroom and do it that minute or within a a few minutes afterward? Talk about that. Well, the good thing is I just kind of talked on this. It's so related to the whole small bladder myth. So our body, if you just felt the urge to go, your body should be able to hold it for a little bit. Um, our life as humans, we're not expected to always be near a place where we need to just be able to urinate. So you should be able to hold it for a little bit. And this is all based on how much water have you had to drink? How long ago did you last use the bathroom, if it was not very long ago and you haven't had any liquid in that time, more than likely, if you feel the need to go, you probably don't need to go. There is probably a false urge happening that your bladder is kind of ruling your brain right now. Your bladder is ruling your life. I call it my uh, bladder over mind, mind over bladder. I've forgotten. (laughs) Mind over matter. (laughs) Mind over matter. Mind over bladder. Mind over bladder. (laughs) So we have to get your mind back over your bladder and start kind of critically thinking about what's going on and realizing, oh, you know what? I really haven't had anything to drink in the last 30 minutes. I just went 30 minutes ago. I do not need to run off to the bathroom because I know when I go and sit on that toilet, it's just going to be bloop, bloop, a few little drops and my bladder was not full. So that is kind of why we don't always need to just run to the bathroom. But you also have to use your best judgment based on your hydration levels as well. Yeah, and that goes into when you do get that strong urge, you say, I'm going to pee my pants. But you're actually (laughs) – what goes back to training your brain to really react. And you have to be able to relax those muscles to – 
um, release the urine and go to the bathroom so that even though you have a strong urge, you can control it in different ways. So we teach women, if you, if we are doing that bladder training with them, we'll teach them to stop, take slow, deep breaths, and really work on just taking a walk and focusing on your breathing. And you don't have to necessarily run to the bathroom all the time when you do feel the urge, but how can we do that combination of training your muscles the right thing to do, but also training your brain. And so even though you do get that strong urge, it doesn't mean that you're actually going to pee your pants right then and there. You can control it. And you'll notice when it gets better that the urge actually dissipates and you can be able to hold it a little bit longer. So everyone's a little bit different with how we're going to teach bladder, bladder training and what is right for you. Um, but I think that that's a common myth that you just feel like you got to go right away just because you get the urge. I remember I had a client once who every time she left the house to go to the grocery store, she would go to the bathroom even if she didn't need to. And then the second she got to the grocery store, she said that she would like have to cross her legs while she walked to the bathroom in the grocery store and pee before she even went grocery shopping even though the grocery store was 20 minutes from her house. And that's because she had trained herself. Basically, she had trained her body to do that by the just-in-case peeing, which was discussed on the first podcast. She would just always do it until eventually the habit became, okay, the urge would happen. That was so bad she thought she was going to pee her pants, even though there was no urine um, in her bladder. And she really quickly – I remember she was awesome. She really quickly trained herself out of that by taking those slow, deep breaths, staying calm. She might just like stand in place for a little bit and pretend she was like checking her phone. And she would tell herself, um, she actually spoke Spanish, so she would say it in Spanish, which I wish I remembered exactly <laughs> what she said, but she would say, bladder, you don't control me. That's what she would say to me. And so I'll always remember that. Bladder, you don't control me. <laughs> you, you, you can control your, your own bladder instead of your bladder controlling you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're going to talk about our myth number seven. So it's normal to wake up at night to pee. Doesn't everyone do this? <laughs> this is our most controversial myth. People will like be really up in arms about this one when I talk to them. They're like, no way. I have to pee at night. I've always done it. Um, but no, we are not supposed to be getting up to pee in the middle of the night. You are supposed to be asleep. Um, and what happens when you're asleep is actually that your brain is not supposed to be getting the signals that your bladder is filling, even though it's filling your, since you're supposed to be resting, we do not want to wake up every so often to go pee because that interrupts your sleep and sleep is so important for our life. So when you're in your eighties, okay, you can get up one time to pee, but before that, no, we should not be getting up to pee in the middle of the night unless you are breastfeeding because then your body is creating that extra fluid and you are actually sometimes shift sleeping. So if you are under the age of 85 and not breastfeeding, no, you should not be getting up in the middle of the night to pee. And it is common when you are pregnant because you do have extra pressure against your bladder, especially when you're lying down and the pressure of your growing baby is going to put pressure on your bladder. But what happens is your body gets accustomed to that 
And so after you have the baby, when women still continue to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, that's what we would use bladder training for because you no longer have that pressure against your bladder um, signaling your bladder, but your brain has now (laughs) just gotten accustomed to it. So there are ways to train yourself out of it. So after pregnancy, you can go back to actually sleeping through the night as long as your baby's sleeping through the night. (laughs) Okay, number eight. This is one of my favorite ones. So I actually found this very eye-opening when I did more training in pelvic floor and took these classes and learned this as well. But drinking, here's the myth, drinking more water actually makes me pee or leak more. And that is so not true because when you're dehydrated and your body does not have enough fluids, your brain is actually going to stimulate your bladder more often, making you feel that urge more often. Yeah, it's so counterintuitive to what we think, but when we don't have enough hydration, the urine in our bladder becomes super concentrated. And if you remember back in high school chemistry, when something's super concentrated, it's really acidic. And so what happens is your bladder wants that stuff out. It'll actually almost like contract and spasm and cause some people to like totally, yes, like almost pee their pants because they have barely any um, any water in their urine. So it's actually very important, like we talked about in the first podcast, to get adequate hydration, mostly of water and limiting your bladder irritants so that the urine is not so concentrated and irritating to the bladder lining. I honestly think this is the best myth to discuss because it's probably the one that's most utilized by women to try to control their leaking or their overactive bladder. And it's probably the most detrimental thing that you can do for both your health, your bladder, and just training yourself in general. When you want to live your life and you're so thirsty, you can't go about your day everything else is going to kind of fall apart. So please, please, please don't limit your fluid intake just because you go to the bathroom frequently. One way that you can kind of control this as well is by making sure that you sip your water instead of gulp or your liquid instead of gulping it down. If you take small sips, your bladder is going to fill at a more um, uniform rate Versus if you just go and gulp a whole lot of water down, you're kind of overfilling the system at once. So spread your water out with sips and not gulps. You mean after I have my coffee and then I drink my big green smoothie and then then I have a water (laughs) No wonder I see you sneaking off to the bathroom so much in the morning. It's like I know these things. I did it to myself. Um, But that it's the quality of your hydration too. We're not saying get your fluids from coffee, from tea, or, you know, uh, caffeinated beverages or carbonated beverages. Those will actually stimulate your bladder more and make you more dehydrated. So we're talking about pure water. We're talking about um, using low sugar beverages. We're, we're talking about the good stuff that's actually going to create that good hydration in your body. And as a general rule, you take your body weight and you half it, divide it by half. So if you weigh 140 pounds, that's 70 pounds. We're going to half it and we're going to turn it into kilograms. So 70 um, grams of kilograms of water, 
70 ounces, ounces of water. <laughs> Please don't drink 70 kilograms of water. Here I am converting. That was a very dumb moment. Okay, 70 ounces of water. I'm thinking about my water bottle now. Okay, how many water bottles is that? But that is the general rule of how to be able to make sure that you're hydrated enough. And if you're sweating and exercising, you may even want to add in uh, some of those hydration uh, little packets or... Uh, I know when we did the podcast with Dr. Meg Strodel, she had some recommendations for hydration and how to supplement with that as well if you exercise a lot. So there's different ways that you can add in more water to your day. And like Dr. Emma said, sipping it, but not gulping it and not doing it all at once. It's really interesting to see people's habits when we have them fill out a bladder log. So that is one thing that we will work on with them with bladder training and also training your muscles around your bladder because that really does a huge part of your bladder control problem can be that your muscles are just not functioning appropriately. So I, at the end of these podcasts, I always love to ask the guest and Dr. Emma, how do you, what is your routine either on a daily basis or weekly basis? What do you do for your own health and what things keep your body in check that you have to do weekly? Well, this is a good question because I've just started something recently where it's for kind of my mindset health. I um, try to, during my lunch time, I leave my office, even though I have the most amazing job in the world, I want to hang out forever, but I, I force myself to leave the office and I will sit and read a book by our waterfall actually that we have out front of our office. Do you have to and, pee when you do that? <laughs> uh, you know what? I've done a lot of bladder training, so I don't have to pee when I do it. Um, but I sit and I read a book or I, and I eat my lunch and I kind of meditate a little bit and I'm just realizing how well and healthy I feel after that by giving myself that time during my lunch break to really take a break. So many of us don't do that. So even though it's not anything related to exercise or even my own bladder health, just for your own well-being, I, I encourage you all to, you know, maybe bring a book or bring a crossword puzzle or something and try that on your lunch hour and let your brain zone out a little bit. That's so great. And every time I ask somebody that question, they have a different answer. So. I love hearing from you, and yes, you've been very diligent about taking in your own self-care on your breaks. I think you do the best job than anyone else here on that. <laughs> I try. I think it helps when you're like me, childless, and don't have to worry about taking care of a pet or anything, so I am kind of lucky in that. I totally get that, but everyone can do it, even moms of six. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for joining us. I hope you learned something, and this was a real eye-opener to a lot of our clients. So I'm glad we got to do this together and share it with you. If you have any questions, we would love for you to send us a message over Instagram or an email at the team at level4pt.com. We answer all our emails personally, and we'd be happy to get an email from you. So let us know how we can help, and thank you for listening to the podcast. Go back and listen to our first bladder episode with Dr. Lindsay. It was episode number two last year. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you soon. Cheers. Cheers, ladies. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to the Women's Health Happy Hour podcast. And if you are a woman that's struggling with motivation right now, maybe you just want to boost your energy and just get the most out of life, you need to go on over and join our private Facebook group community. It's called the Level 4 Women's Health Insiders Group. And every week we share informational videos. We have lots of great content in order to guide you along your health journey and free giveaways as well. So go on over to Level 4 Women's Health Insiders Group, join the group, and we'll see you there. So thanks for listening. The information given on this podcast is not intended to apply to every individual's potential injury. It is impossible to give 100% complete accurate diagnosis and prognosis without a thorough physical examination. The information provided is not meant as a substitute for your own professional advice from a healthcare provider or other medical professional. Under no circumstances will Level 4 Physical Therapy and Performance Incorporated or any of our other professionals be liable for any damage caused by reliance on the information that we make available on this podcast.